Hello, everyone. Welcome to Unmuted Generations. I'm Ryan Mew, and in each episode, we focus on expanding our horizons and personal knowledge of the world to cultivate a happy and healthy lifestyle. Now, today, I am joined by Renata Morris and Gabe Sable from Eat, a world-class design studio that has worked on developing the brand identities for the likes of huge companies we all know and love, like Amazon, Netflix, Lyft, and Red Bull. For context, Renata is the founder and CEO of Eat, She has over 17 years of experience in branding and design and leads all facets of each business from closing deals to really making sure the client ends the deal with a big smile on their face. Gabriel, on the other hand, is the COO, head of production, and partner of EAT who has successfully executed over 400 projects and played a pivotal role in really expanding the team's presence to become the design powerhouse it is today. So without further ado, Renata and Gabriel, thank you both so much for coming on. Ryan, thank you for such a beautiful introduction. I'm so excited. We're both saying to each other here on Slack that we love it. Super delighted. Thank you so much for the intro. Yeah, no problem. Well, thank you both for coming on. I always, I know you both are really busy people, and I really appreciate you both coming on. I'd like to start off with this. When when I search for Eat Design Studio on Google, there's three things I see which come up. One is I click into your website. I see a very clean website. You could tell you guys are good at branding and design in general. I see all the cool clients you work with. Obviously, we could see stuff like Amazon, where you pretty much get Amazon packages to your house every day, or Red Bull, which has been a stand standalone powerhouse brand in like the energy drink category. But most importantly, what I see is that you guys have been open since 2009. 20% of businesses fail after the first year. 50% of businesses fail after five years. And you guys have reached 12 12 or 13 years or so now. So I'm not going to ask for the secret formula, but I'm going to ask, did you guys expect Eat to grow this big and flourish over time? I think that we've been very, very focused on the present throughout these years, more than having, and and so focused with so much energy and, and love for what we've been doing for so long. We did have different plans for the time being and, and, and expectations that things would continue to go well or that they would get better depending on the times that we were going through. Because as you can imagine, there was definitely good times and not so good times in the past. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but more than having like very big expectations with growth and size and everything, we were always very focused on doing the best that we could at the time being, the time that we were growing and everything. So in the beginning, our main focus was to develop a very beautiful and powerful portfolio that could showcase the power of our design. And so we had our heads down for so long, just working crazy long hours to to make sure that we would come out with projects that were beautifully done because it was time to showcase who we are design-wise. And then later on, we started to structure the company and, and hiring people and then And as you do that, we started to get more time to think about the business and what we wanted with the business and everything. Yeah, I think it's an interesting question because while I do think that we changed because we changed as human beings and we changed as people and we changed as professionals, there's also a side of us that never changed because the idea and the philosophy and the core is still the same. So in one hand, there is there has always been this idea of treating people right and giving them the ability to fulfill their dreams and live in the cities and the places they love and and put all of this inspiration of those life choices back into the work. And this has been the idea that Renata brought with the foundation of the company, the idea that was I was onboarded with and that I helped grew. And it stayed the same. It's still the same. It's still the same core. 
But on the other hand, we evolved as people. The business started when I was 19 years old. At least for me, I'm 30 now. So a lifetime has passed and a lot has changed. The way I see the world changed, the way I interact with people changed, the way I handle work changed, and therefore the company changed with that. So I think the products that we craft and that we develop and that we delivered have changed. And the way we treat clients and we present ourselves have changed. And the portfolio and everything that we created has also evolved. And I think that's the normal life of a company. Uh, that's a good thing. It's important for you to change. Change is accepted and we're open for change. But the truth, the inner truth, and really who we are as human beings, that has never changed. And I think it's more related to an idea of creating meaningful work, being happy in the workplace that you built and, and making sure everyone is happy with that workplace, not only you, and, and doing the best work that you can in the place you decided you should be happy in. I think, yeah, that's pretty much the way we see it. What do you think? Yeah, that's actually a really good thought. It's kind of like a fine line because I feel like when a lot of people start a business, they, they want to have a mission and vision and have it just be consistent over time and say, my mission hasn't changed for 20 years. People like to brag about that. But that that could also mean that you haven't adapted to like the current climate. And it sounds like you guys originally, if I'm not mistaken, you guys were just focused on, hey, let's get out our best work. And then as we scale up, as we grow, as we hit different parts of the world, you know, let's change that a bit. Let's figure out how we could adapt to Europe or United States or something. As part of the plan, in my initial plan, we started as a full service in the very first year, first and second year, uh, because we just, we weren't sure about what, which different services we would be striving on. So, so we started like fulfilling a lot of different needs, creative needs for companies. But the goal was from the beginning to within the first two years, then make a decision and then narrow uh, narrow the services that we would continue to offer. And I think for the people out there who are starting their businesses, this is a very good tip, something that really helped us, which is like to really try to be mindful about what is it that you're really, really good at? Because there is this sense that uh, you don't want to miss anything. And when you're starting a business, you're probably also chasing the budget and everything. So you're trying to fulfill all these different needs when, because that seems like the safe bet where sometimes like just really honing into what you're really good at and be very dedicated to it. Even if sometimes you're going to have to say no to some projects that might be there, we believe that eventually that's going to pay back. So that was also part of our, in the initial plan in the sense that like just making sure that we were doing what, what we love. Yeah. Nowadays, when you look at things like starting a business, and I know there's a lot of people that are right now, like the young entrepreneurs coming up because people may have time not going to college classes in person or not making the commute per se. There's a lot of people starting positions. And the number one thing is like you need to find a niche like immediately and then kind of stick with that niche. But I feel like what you're kind of saying is like, hey, we need to kind of expand first and then kind of narrow the niche down instead of just starting with the niche and who knows if people like it or not, right? <laughs> it's, very, it's very hard to, it's, I would say it's almost impossible to come to start a business right away expecting to have all these answers. And that's something that we bring to our clients when we are working on their, on their brand development. Those are questions that we ask and, 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 it's, and we always tell the clients that it's okay for them to not have all these answers because a lot of them are just starting or starting those companies. And it's incredible how much you learn from your own business because 
I we I see the business as a two way route where you are learning from the business and the business is learning from you. So and it's important for you to be open to listen to what the business is trying to tell you instead of just forcing, for example, a mission for 20 years, even if that's not who you are anymore. And that's a lot of what happened to us when it comes to, for example, this new website that we have. And the reason why we worked on a rebrand is because at EAT, we rebrand when we change so much that the representation that we had before just doesn't represent who we are anymore. Got it. So what does this new website really represent as a part of the EAT brand in general? I think the rebrand represents this true idea of transparency and calm and patience and clarity. We've been through a lot of things, good times, bad times, hard times, happy times. Uh, and for a long while, we were very fond of this idea of working a lot, having a lot of fun and producing a lot of things. And I think over time, there came a need for us to step back and look at everything that we created, everything that we developed and really separate what we decided to keep the things that we should put aside and, and just leave aside. And we grew a lot through this process. So I think the rebrand represents a calmer, more mature professional versions of ourselves because as professional and human beings, we're there. And then from a product standpoint, which I think is pretty important, it means a variety of new projects that we worked in the previous years that weren't released or launched, announced. So they're there now. We reorganized our offer for products and services too. So it's clearly outlined. We do branding, graphic design, motion graphics and, and workshops. So you have a detailed list of everything that we do with uh, a full breadth of examples uh, for this from this over a decade of work. That's amazing. You guys offer so many different services. And I think that on top of that, Gabriel, you said that you, you started this working when you were 19. and Exactly. Uh, correct? Exactly. I mean, that's really, really like young. Most people, they finish college at 21. So that's crazy. What's like some of the lessons that you both have like incorporate into your mentality while just working at you? Like, what's the number one if you had to pick one? I learned a lot so much. I learned so much with this lady that is on the other side of, of the camera and the call. And it's been <laughs> one of the most beautiful and most intense rewarding journeys of my life. The business started when I was 19. I just moved to Paris. I was an exchange student and I had no means to pay for my rent or for anything for that matter. And I started freelancing and uh, I really discovered all of the potential and everything that I knew how to do. And I learned through the experience with this company that later on I became business partner of. And I think more than just the technical skills and everything that you learn through the process of failing and improving and failing again and trying again and just building a product, I think I grew as a person. So I do think that I always had a lot of creative potential. So I was able to put a lot of hours of work and a lot of effort and a lot of focus to be able to build stuff and create stuff. And for a long while, I thought that was everything that was needed. As long as you're able to build stuff, you can focus and build stuff. And then you build stuff and stuff are built. And then you go from there. And over time, I think the biggest lesson that came to me through working with it is that sometimes not building stuff or not making stuff is also just as important as building uh, that stuff. And I think the time that you take for yourself, the ability to step aside and look at things through a new perspective with calm and with, and with you know, just a, a fresh clean slate that will make the act of building stuff even greater. And it will build even great, greater stuff because you're coming from a different perspective. It took me a long while uh, to get there. I think the first five or six years of the business was just, were just like, 
we need to build this. Let's build this. It's super exciting. We're creating a company and everything is just so colorful and it felt like a party. And later on, we started realizing that we were evolving and we were growing up as adults and as human beings. And we also needed time to just see our lives and decide like how we wanted those lives to be and just enjoy a little bit aside from just working in. Uh, and that was the greatest lesson that, that the company has brought, at least in my opinion. Nowadays, I do a variety of other things. I, I do a lot of teaching. I'm also involved in wellness activities. And that's thanks to the company. And more than that, those activities make me a better professional. They don't take me away from the company. They make me a greater business owner, in our opinion. And I'm, I'm pretty sure this is Renata's point of view, too. Yeah. So I, I know you are an educator. Have you always wanted to be an educator? Or was that one of your things where you decided you, you needed to do it to kind of give back to the younger generation? It's always been my dream, actually. My mom is a teacher. She does a lot of teaching. And growing up, I was taken to her classes. I was like seven or eight years old. And I would see her teaching. And at the end of the class, she would ask me, what did I teach today? And I would just say whatever. And she would be <laughs> like, that's exactly it. You understood everything. And I would be, that's amazing. I want to be a teacher. And when I came to Paris, I came here to do my master's. And I wanted to do my PhD to become a teacher. This has always been a dream of mine, uh, but the company required me and uh, I decided to focus my time on the company through that specific period of my life. And then later on, I found a channel and a way for me to give back and to teach the things that I learned with the company, which is just teaching branding and, and methodology in general. But that has always been my, my passion and my aspiration really like training people and teaching people. And the company is very process driven. So we're very good with step-by-steps and tutorials. And we just like what we're doing right now with you is sharing a little bit of what we know. And we really like that. We think there's a lot of beauty in just transferring knowledge uh, and know-how because when you're in touch with people who are really interested, it, it's life-changing. It's really magical. So, Oh yeah. Especially in like college, because I remember like with my professors, like if I, if I had a subject and my professor, you know, was a jerk per se, it would be one of those things where I would just like be totally tuned out from the class, regardless whether the subject was interesting or not. Professors really make everything in regards oh, to the yeah. subject. And mm -hmm. is it hard for you, at least when you're structuring like your courses and your coursework to kind of divide that personal experience you learn from EAT versus like the curriculum you have to teach? No. Not necessarily. I think it's it's the same thing. And more than that, I think when you put your personal experience through the curriculum and when you share the technical aspect with how you yourself learned it through in real life, this is where people are able, this is when people are able to connect with what you're saying. And this is what, this is when they really understand. So for me, there's really no, this is the method and this is how I see the method. The way I see the method is the method I'm teaching. So everything I'm sharing is through my own experience, through my own how I lived it and how I learned and how I failed because it just fosters human connection and people are interested by that. And therefore, as long as they have a connection with you, they'll learn. If they don't have a connection, it's just like hard data and therefore it's colder and difficult for you to understand. As you can notice, I don't know if you can, but like we have a lot of passion for what we do and we everything that we do is in, in, has that passion embedded and we embody the company. So we just come there with our truth. We know how to do what we know how to do and we try to share that from our heart. Yeah, exactly. There's good intention. It's not just for the profit. I mean, yeah. it's you're trying to give a warm and friendly vibe and actually help out the world. And yeah. and Renata, you establishing this business, what are some of the lessons you've learned? Is this the first business venture that you ever really focused on? Or have you always had this entrepreneurial mindset? First and only, well, I've started other things. I had a 
project that I launched here in LA before EAT that ended up being somehow really loved by the press, but this is in a previous life. But but this it has been my one and only <laughs> company because it's been almost 12 years. So yeah. everything that was learned here came from here, came from, as Gabby mentioned, from a lot of the exchanges that we've had, a lot of intuition on my side and, and a, a very deep desire to do good and to do what we believe is right. I really believe, Ryan, that this is what has taken us to where we are right now, is that we were never sold by the finances only. And this has been something very, very, that is very true to who we are, Gabby and I. And we would be asked the same questions about like, oh, what if all of a sudden Apple decided to pay you all this amount of money to hire 60 people? And we could be asked the same question by different people in separate rooms. And our answer was always the same. It's like, it's not just that. And I think that's, I just answered to you without even thinking about it. But so that's <laughs> such an honest truth that we are here for, for lots of different reasons. And, 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 and it's not only just about the money. So there's that. And I think the biggest lesson for me by far is connected to what Gabby is, was sharing which is as we evolve, and especially when we're young and starting a business, there's a lot of energy involved and there's a lot of passion. And when you start feeling that little bit of whatever success means to you and you start feeling that, there is this desire to want more. And, And for a long time, we felt so fulfilled by this business that this was only what we wanted to do. We didn't want to do anything else. And Kevin and I have the funniest story where we were on vacations in the UK that we met in Europe and we were having fun with friends and we were kind of bored and it was really cloudy outside and we were not having a good time until we went inside of the house and sat around the table and it was time to work. And we felt so alive, like, yeah, now we're vibing. And this is such a a massive story for us because we were not having a good time when we were outside. So this is, and the lesson here is that's not healthy. (laughs) (laughs) Like when you do that for a long time. And, And we didn't know. And in my experience, I thought that stress is something that is always relating, related to something negative. directly negative so I would feel very overwhelmed sometimes and that would start affecting my health and then I would go to the doctor and they would ask me oh are you stressed and I would be like no I work 17 hours a day but I'm not stressed I love what I, I love what I do and so this idea that when you let something completely consume you and there's no life outside is not good. And we got to, I got to a dead end of going through two really real big burnouts. And, and then I learned through the hard way that wearing stress as a badge of honor is not cool. That idea that we have, that we need to say that we're busy to be seen to, so that people think that we are productive is, it's not, it's not right. And that for us to be really productive it's important to not just be human doers but be real human beings and to celebrate our beingness we need to be outside we need to be creating we need to be living real life and so that was my biggest lesson the lesson that I learned 
That's really big. There's some people who get so enveloped in their business that they don't pay attention to the family or friends or just most importantly, like the personal mental health aspect. And personally for me, I I work a full-time job and I do this podcast. So it was one of those things where when I started the podcast, same as you, I'm like, I'm going to release this many episodes a week. I'm going to grind, make my website. And it was too much. And personally, for me, I'm curious with you, like I decompress through yoga, meditation a bit, but mainly yoga. Yoga for me is like my my area where I just relax. How do you decompress? Very similar to you. I think meditation was really where I found the antidote to my stress. So that is still my main, my non-negotiable. I meditate every single day for 20 minutes, sometimes twice a day. And so much that I, I ended up getting involved into getting a certification to, to be able to teach the techniques that I learned. Because I, I, I think that this is something that the world needs like never before. Uh, so I, decom- I decompress with meditation. I, I love yoga. I love like a good incredible class with really good music and the silver lining of all the madness that we're going through right now is that it's so it became so much easier to practice with teachers that we love we don't need to be in front of them anymore so I'm so close to a lot of people that I admire so so much again and then I I live not very far from the beach so I, I love to to just drive across the canyon and, and sit down at the beach and spend time with my family and my puppy and my friends bring me so much life. And sometimes just like last week, I didn't work on Friday, went down to Malibu and was I went on this long bike ride with one of my best friends and I felt so alive. So just those little things, if sometimes just going out and getting some fresh air is really good for me. But I try to nowadays keep it very simple because back in the day, I would then have a massive to-do list to relax. Oh, got it. (laughs) So now I feel like sometimes I like to color or I like to write, but very simple. I try to just listen to myself and listen to my body and what I need without stressing so much that I need to do all these things to relax because then I would be twice as anxious, you know? That's a, that's a really big thing too. Like just being able to relaxing is you have to put an effort to do it in itself. And and a lot of people, they don't quite understand that because they aren't necessarily like a business owner like yourself. But I I think it it not only helps you with like your mental health, but it also helps you with that ethicalness that you were talking about earlier. Hey, I could take some time to sit down and relax and kind of what like Gabe was saying, hey, this is like what I want to do with the business. This is like what I see what's going on in the world. And this is like what I want to change in regards to eat to really have it adapt to the world and kind of grow it. And one of the things that I've seen personally is like diversity, diversity and inclusion. That's a really, really big one. You guys started this in 2009 and now it's 2021. And like, for example, Bumble, they had their IPO and Whitney Wolfhard is like a 31-year-old woman and she has her IPO and billionaire per se. Have you seen any differences navigating the business world as, as a CEO, as a woman, or have you run into any obstacles over time? And have you seen any changes, I guess, from the business's inception to now? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, I think more than on the business itself, because we like to mention that we, are, we were never necessarily hired by being a diverse company. And, and our clients were never necessarily hiring us because we could design as being from different places. And in fact, 
this was never something that we were confident enough to to share with the world and and that's also uh, what the rebrand is doing for us now it's like bringing our very honest truth of what we're not trying to hide that we're not from the US that we were born and raised in a, in a different country in the south of Brazil that we are that we are this company formed by a woman and a member of the LGBTQ community which all those things combined nowadays we see as a force and and not the opposite how we used to feel before so so we are but, but because this is new and we we were never confident enough to share that with the world like that we were never hired because of those reasons, which there's also a really good side to it because people hire us because the design is king. The design is really good. However, with time, we definitely felt and we had our own challenges. Gabby had his challenges. I had, I've had mine. I used to say that I, I never felt discriminated by being a woman uh, in this industry. I, I, I believe that our the creative industry is can be very forgiving, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> can be very forgiving when it comes to diversity. It's an industry that is usually very open to people from any different places or any whatever they want to be. But with time, I started to realize that, that I, a lot of times I felt, I felt very fragile. I felt like I wanted to be taken care of, that I wish that I had uh, that feeling of hiding behind the guy when things went wrong. And I'm not saying that this is a feeling that only women can have, but I felt more fragile and wanting to be protected like that sometimes. And sometimes I felt like the responsibility was too much. And again, I'm not saying that guys don't feel that way, uh, but I'm just sharing my, my personal experience. Sometimes I felt like Always having to make the final decision was tough. Not having, not having a boss, not having a leader after me, so that I could learn and and grow. Sometimes it was tough for me. And yeah, just having so many people having all these different expectations from me when I have my hormones and they go crazy, and I have times of the month that I don't feel good. And you have to show up feeling good, kind of right. Well, at least I thought I had to. And, and thankfully, this company is formed by incredible human beings. So I always had the space that I needed. So the pressure that I was, I was putting pressure on myself. It's not like anyone, no one else was doing that, but yeah. And then at the same time, there's so much strength and so much beauty. I think that there's a a, a beautiful female touch that this company has. There's a lot of care, a lot of paying attention to the clients and listening to their emotions. It's a lot of what I do. So as with everything in life there is the light and the darkness so and we we try to we tend to navigate those two sides the best way that we can and you stayed strong and you were able to power through it and and we're I here. love what you're I love what you were saying earlier because I know you were saying oh well I, I may have not felt like I was a part of something or something like that but it's because you were so unique in your role but now luckily our world is is growing to where the uniqueness is a norm like everybody has an equal opportunity to succeed in that aspect. And I think it's like a truly beautiful thing 
Because now more people are confident. They're more confident to say, I could start this because I see Renata as, as a female business owner and I could be that person too. Or I see Gabe and Renata working on like opposite sides of the world. And I could I could work with my friend who's like a pen pal in Europe or something like that. Oh, you it's can. a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's hard. I'm sure it's hard. Not going to lie. I'm sure Gabe is working at night and you're working morning sometimes, but I'm, I'm sure it's like a great thing. It's so worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. Most definitely. I guess as like kind of a final question, as I mentioned earlier, right now, a lot of people are tending to be entrepreneurs, whether you see it on TikTok, for example, in the short 15 to 60 second video clips with people talking about their business or just posting their business and content on LinkedIn. For, for new business owners out there, what are some of the things that people don't always see when it comes to running a business? And, and I could take it from either one of you to start off. Well, I think the first one, for sure, that one that I, that I just mentioned about not wearing st- uh, stress as a badge of being the only answer that you can have when people ask, like, how are you? You say, yeah, I'm busy. It should not be a, a medal to be stressed. So that's always my number one. And then I think number two, when you're starting a business, to know that there's going to be much more than the passion for your craft. Especially in the creative industry, people are very passionate for what they do, right? What they, what is the actual craft? And so, which is usually the reason why you're starting that business around creativity. Just knowing that uh, there's going to be so much more than that, that you're going to have to learn and do and just to be open and to learn that you can delegate, but you, you, you need to have an eye on everything, no matter what. No matter how much you love or dislike numbers, no matter how much you like or dislike working with people, you are gonna you're gonna have to understand a lot about all of these different instances of your businesses because even if you hire the best person to take care of it, at the end of the day, you need to know what's going on with your company. Also, it's important to know to really understand what's your company's DNA. Like who who is this company? What's this company's personality? before you so so that you can hire well and especially through times of covid where a lot of people will continue to work remotely you require you're required to hire even better because you're not in front of people you're not helping to shape their professional career you're not there to mentor them in person so you need to make sure that you're hiring the people who you, your company really needs so that's super important. And I think lastly, teams, they need real leadership. In the beginning, when we started, we romanticized a lot of what we learned from a book that we love called Funky Business that they talk about. They talk about a much more horizontal type of leadership and hierarchy where every every everyone would be leaders, which we don't disagree with that. And, but that was the way that we ran the business for a long time. And at some point, the team just needs guidance. They need a different kind of guidance. And I've always had a hard time with being a boss. The board boss was always so just the idea of power over people never resonated with me. Being in both sides, like being an employee or then later on being the owner of my own business that never resonated with me. And so... I never wanted people to feel like I, I just had more power than just because. And so, but lately, I, I later on, I realized that there are so many ways that you can lead and you can have power with 
instead of power over. And, and, and that kind of power is very welcome and very needed by, by the teams. The teams need guidance. They need someone who can say, yeah, let's go this way. When you, and, and at EAT, we lead by example, and, but mostly by uh, sharing the truth and, and being transparent. Gabby and I are very big on, on those. And yeah, I think those are... That's great. I kind of like what Gabe was saying earlier, just to wrap everything up. So it's good to be adaptable and kind of malleable in the stages of early development. But if you're like kind of getting a lot of business, you guys are are growing, you got some money in your bank account, you're hiring people now, it's good to like take a step away from the business here and there. And if you need to step up, do it, but not necessarily in a way to where you're ruling with an iron fist and you're telling people what to do around the office. You're, you're all family at the end of the day. And that's what I admire most about your business. So I appreciate you both coming on and, and honestly talking and sharing little tips about your journey. It's a very well-respected design studio. So I appreciate it. That's awesome. Thank you so much for inviting us. This has been such a pleasure. It's It's been yeah. very, very nice to talk to you. We were just lacking in parallel saying he's so nice. We love it. <laughs> we really love I it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Know that you can count on us. This was really fun. And we really appreciate how, like, how you lead the podcast. Like You have such a calm, uh, solid energy that if you made us feel very welcome and very it was just a very solid interview very good stuff so you count on us we're an email away whatever you need we're here for you and thank you so much for the opportunity thank you both so much i really appreciate it i appreciate my calmness about me i'm gonna go tell that to my friends now and, and hopefully they agree with the same and i'll add all your links to the description section below if people want to follow your socials keep up with your journey, or just follow each growth over time. For all those listening, I appreciate the support. If you enjoyed this episode with Renata and Gabe, feel free to leave a rating, review, and subscribe to the podcast to stay updated with the latest episodes. I also have a big announcement coming up in mid-April regarding the podcast, so stay tuned for that, and I'll see you guys later. Enjoy the rest of your day.